0: Well, greetings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Isn't it wonderful to be here today? Amen. 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 It is a great day. We have beautiful, sunshiny weather out there today. Today is a good day. Today is a good day for us to praise the Lord. Uh, you know, so we have, for the last bit, we have been running the advertisement and we have been collecting toys and. Uh, you know, having people pack up toys and boxes for Operation Christmas Child. Today is our pickup day for that. So today we end. And if you remember, we had a gold of 50 boxes and wanting to pack up 50 shoeboxes. I am glad and proud to say that today, wait a minute, I'm not proud. Well, I'm proud in a good manner. Um, I am proud of the fact that we have over 119 boxes. Amen. Amen. So this morning, I would like to say thank you to each person that uh, took boxes and and packed them. I would like to thank the ones that gave money and uh, allowed Susan and Jackie and whoever to go and to pack those shoeboxes. Um, I am so appreciative of Susan in taking this task on, uh, you know, for us. Um, uh, You know, I think God is going to bless the, uh, you know, the children that receive these boxes. I want to say thank you to Jackie as she has put all the advertisements and stuff on Facebook for us. And, uh, you know, Jackie had um, over 22 or 23 boxes that she packed yesterday from somebody that donated money. Uh, for her to go out and go shopping and pack up the boxes. So we thank Jackie for doing that, and we thank for the people that are online, that donated, and the prayers that you have given out. We are so appreciative of that. This morning, what I would like to do is I would like for us to go ahead, and those that can, to go ahead and to come up. We're going to gather around the boxes, and we're going to pray a prayer of blessing on these boxes as God is going to bless the ones that receive these, but he's also going to bless the boxes. So if I can have those to go ahead and to come forward as we do this. Everybody is welcome to come forward. You know, I didn't pick a name. what i would like for us to do as those are gathered around here uh, you know let's represent our heart and our prayers going to these boxes by just simply outstretching of your hands stretch them towards the boxes up here as we join together in one heart as we pray for these boxes and for the ones that receive these boxes dear heavenly father we come to you right now and and god as we have joined together on this beautiful day that you have given to us And God, as we praise and as we worship You today, God, as there are people across this state and across this community, dear Lord, right now calling out to You, God, I pray, dear Lord, that You would receive this as a sweet incense unto You. And God, I pray, dear Lord, that You would be with each one of these boxes that are here. And God, not only that You would be with the boxes and protect the boxes, God, that Your love would travel with these boxes. And God, that the children that receive these will not only receive the toys, but God, they would would receive your love because of the love of the people that has gone out, dear Lord, right now and has filled these boxes, not just with toys, but with love. God, I pray again that your hand would be upon these boxes and that you would change and move in the lives of the ones that receive these boxes. But God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would move in the lives of the ones that have filled these boxes. Knowing, dear Lord, in their hearts, dear Lord, today, right now, that they are a part of you reaching out to the lost and to the unforgotten, to the ones that are on the margins, to the orphans, dear Lord, to the ones, dear Lord, that you love. In Jesus' name, amen. As everyone is making their way back to their seat I would ask that you go ahead and stand Or remain standing as you get to your seat As we go into our praise and worship this morning And as we do that I would like to read to you from Psalms chapter 7 I'm going to read verses 1 through 9 It says Give thanks to the Lord for He is good His faithful love endures forever Has the Lord redeemed you? If so, then speak out. Tell others he has redeemed you from your enemies. For he has gathered the exiles from many lands, from east and west, from north and south. Some wandered in the wilderness, lost and homeless, some hungry and thirsty and nearly death. Lord, help! They cried in their troubles and he rescued them from their distress. He led them straight to safety, to a city where they could live. Let them praise the Lord for he is great or for his for his great love and for the wondrous wonderful things he has done for them. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. So this morning, as he is good, and as he has filled us and provided for us, let us worship and let us praise him from the bottom of our hearts.
1: Hope is here. Hope is here. Shout the news to everyone. It's a new day. Peace has come. Jesus saves. Mercy triumphs at the cross. Love has come to rescue us. Jesus Hope is here
2: what a joyful noise will make as we join in heaven's song to let all the world know that jesus saves to raise a shout to let
1: all the world know that jesus saves free at last every debt has been repaid broken hearts can Jesus sings, sing above the storms of life, sing it through the darkest nights. Jesus sings,
2: free at last! What a joyful noise we'll make as we join with heaven's song. a shower to little
1: Do you believe that he saves this morning? Do you believe that we should shout it to everyone that Jesus saves, that they may know, that they may catch a glimpse and just understand and feel what it is that God and Jesus brings to us? So let's continue in this worship to sing about his love this morning. I was in chains, the world had a hold of me, my heart was a stone, I was covered in shame, when He came for me I couldn't run, I couldn't run, couldn't run from
2: His presence. I couldn't run, couldn't run from his arms. Jesus.
1: It's in our hearts. I am a hurricane, I am a tree
0: love us. And as the altar is open for you this morning, and just simply experiencing God's love this morning and all that he has truly truly done for us. Whether you have a a need or you have a struggle in your life, the altar is open for you this morning. If you have a need that you need to present to him, the altar is open for you this morning. If you just simply want to thank Him and praise Him for what He has done, again, the altar is open for you this morning. As those are making their way to the altar, today we join together one heart we come together at one table as all believers worshiping the one and true and the only God we humbly bow before him at his table that we have all been so graciously invited to Dear Heavenly Father, we do thank you, dear Lord, for this beautiful day. God, we thank you for the words that have been sung. And God, we thank you for the ones, dear Lord, that are here at this altar right now. God, as they are on their bended knees, dear Lord, and their hearts are bowed before you. God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would be with them. And God, that you would touch them. and God, regardless of what it is, dear Lord, that they are here for, God, I pray that you would meet them at their need. God, if they just simply need your strength, dear Lord, today, God, I pray that you would provide it, God, that you would give them your strength and your peace, and God, that your joy would abound in their lives. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, if there's stress, dear Lord, that's upon them, God, if there's struggles that they know that they're facing throughout the next week, God, I pray, dear Lord, that you would be there with them, and God, I pray, dear Lord, that we would trust in you. God, that we would allow your power, the power of your Holy Spirit, the power that raised your Son from the grave to truly manifest itself in our lives. And God, that we would be able to stand and to stand firm because you in us. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and we do praise you. And God, as today is a good day. Today is the day that we come and that we come into your house to praise and to worship you. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I pray, God, that you would receive our prayer and praise as a sweet incense unto you. We pray all of this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. So, as we begin this service today, or this message, today's message is going to be about now, I know that y'all were wondering why I came out of the back room over here with this choir robe on. Now, I'm not going to sing, okay, so I, you know, I'm not going to sing a special, So if that was on your mind and what you were worried about, don't worry. We're we're not going there. But you will find out why I am in this or why I am wearing this. Hopefully it will be clear to you later on in the message. But what I would like for you to do as we go into this and as we think about this day, and I have titled this message, Today is a Good Day. Today is a good day because it's a day that the Lord has made. Yes, we come to Him and we worship and we praise Him today in His house on this Sabbath day that He has created, that we come to Him and that we worship and we glorify His name. But today is a good day because He's in charge and He is in control of all things. So today, in any day that we wake up, it's a good day. So I want us to look and I want us to I want to help you with this. And as we look at this, the passage, the message of the passage that the message is going to come from is going to be Matthew chapter 23 and its verses 1 through 12. So as you're turning there, I'm going to take you or I'm going to go to Joshua chapter 3. And there's some things here in Joshua chapter 3 that I want us to look at and I want us to see what's going on. I want this to be a help to us today. Joshua chapter 3, verse 1, it says, Early the next morning, Joshua and all of the, and all of the Israelites left Acadia Grove and arrived at the banks of of the Jordan River where they camped before crossing so we see that Joshua and the Israelites they get up early in the morning and they go to the Jordan River and they encamp there in the Jordan River and verse 2 tells us that they encamped there for two days or for three days and then verse 3 gives us this instruction it says, give these, or give, give these instructions to the people. When you see the Levite priest carrying the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God, move out from your position and follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. He gives them this information. He says, whenever you see the Levite priest... And the Ark of the Covenant go before you, leave from where you are, and follow the Ark of the Covenant. Why are they following the Ark of the Covenant? The Scripture says because they had never been this way before. So I want you to see this, and we need to hold on to this, because this morning, whenever we woke up, we woke up to a brand new day. We have never been in this day before. There will be things that will happen to us today that has never happened to us before. The only way that we can make it through this day, this brand new day, this brand new time, is if we follow the Lord God Almighty. It says, follow Him or follow the ark. What is the ark and what does the ark represent? The ark represents God. The ark is where God met with Moses in between the two angels or the cherubims that were on the top of the ark. The ark of the covenant housed the Ten Commandments, the laws that ruled the the Israelites. So whenever it comes before you, you are supposed to rise up from where you are and follow it because it's taken you in a new direction. It's taken you in a path that you have never been before. Do you not understand what the Scripture is telling us? Or is it in your mind that you're like, okay... Well, sure, they didn't know how to get to the Jordan River. They were on the banks of the Jordan River. What do you mean? They don't know how to get there. God was telling the Israelites that where you're headed and the place that you're going to, you have never been there. And you need to rely upon me for your instructions. Whenever we woke up this morning, And we took our first breath, whether you looked at the sunshine coming in through the window or you opened up your eyes into the darkness of your room and you took that breath, this is a good day, but it's a brand new day because it's not yesterday. We have never walked in today and we will never walk into tomorrow if it's not for our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So it's telling us and it's showing us here. Whenever you wake up in the morning, it's a new day. It's a new adventure. I'm reading this book. And it's leading. It's a leadership book. And it's teaching me how to canoe over the mountains. In case you don't get it, you don't canoe over a mountain. The days and the months and the weeks that's ahead of us, the hour that's before us, we've never been in it. So the only way that we can get through it is if we follow the God that is already the God of tomorrow. Jesus Christ is already at work in tomorrow. He knows what happens to us today because He's already been there. We follow Him because He's been there. And he knows the way. We cannot go into tomorrow on our own. Let's see what we got here. Let's go on. Let's move on down to verse 7. In verse 7 it says, The Lord told Joshua, Today... I will begin to make you a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. They will know that I am with you just as I was with Moses. Now, I want us to pause here for a moment. I didn't get this this morning in the first message. But whenever we look at this, it says that I am going to begin or I will begin to make you great, a great leader in the eyes of the Israelites. And then it says they will know that I am with you. Joshua is only great because God is with him. And he's only great because God is with him just as he was with Moses. We're not great today. We're only great because of the Jesus because of Jesus Christ that's living within us. He says, give this command to the priest who carry the Ark of the Covenant. When you reach the banks of the Jordan River, take a few steps into the river and stop there. Now, whenever we look and we know the story here, the Israelites were crossing over the Jordan River to go into battle with Jericho and defeat all of those people that were there and to take hold of the promised land. But it was crop time. It was harvest time. The Jordan River was overflowing its banks. Now whenever we get this instruction, he tells the priest for them to walk into, take a few steps into the river, and then stop there. There's a reason Because whenever they stepped into the river, it stopped flowing. But it didn't stop flowing where the priest stepped into the river. It stopped flowing a couple of miles upstream. Scripture doesn't give us the distance, but it gives us a town where it stopped flowing at. So every single person that would have been reaping their, their crops or tending to their sheep or to their gardens and stuff during this time along the Jordan River all the way to the Dead Sea would have seen that the water stopped flowing. Every person from that city on would have seen the power of God Almighty. They would have seen the power that was making Joshua a great leader. Not because of Joshua, but because of what God was doing. There is absolutely nothing that happens on this earth that God doesn't, is not in control of. The Jordan River stopped a couple of miles from where the Israelites were going to cross. Whenever you woke up this morning, today's a good day. Today's a new day. Today's a day that if we do not have patience and we do not stand in the presence of God Almighty, we will walk right off into the deep end and we will drown because we did not wait for His instructions. Whew! Do you see what He's doing, what He's showing us here? As we begin our day, this new day that's a good day, it's God's day because He's already been at work in it. And He's the only one that can guide us and direct us through this day because He's been there. It's new territory. Whenever I went to all my seminary classes and stuff to be ordained as a pastor, as a you know as a ordinate or as an ordained elder in the church of the Nazarene never once did they tell me that I was going to have to be preaching during the pandemic never once did they equip me to be in, to have in church twice a Sunday and to be preaching so people can watch me online and experience the word of god not just in the sanctuary there was not a class, there was not a lesson that was taught that said, John, whenever you start teaching and whenever you start preaching, uh, you know, you're know you going to have something at your church every single day of the week. We have Sunday morning worship service. We have a Sunday night Bible study. This week we have a Monday evening women's group that's going to be meeting at 630 We have a Tuesday morning Bible study that meets at Knowledge Perk at 9 o'clock in the morning. We have a Tuesday night prayer group that meets at 7.14. We have Wednesday night services that start at 6 o'clock. We have a Thursday night Bible study. We have a 6.30 uh, board meeting Friday. And then we have our fall, our children's mission fair Saturday. And then we start all over again Sunday. God, you know, they didn't teach me. They didn't plan. They didn't tell me, you got a plan for that. This is absolutely brand new. We are canoeing up the mountainside. And if we're not following God and we're not patient and waiting for Him to show us the direction, we will walk off into the deep end. He told the Israelites here, he said, said, the priests are going to walk in. They're just simply going to take a couple of steps into the water. And then I'm going to begin to work. If they would have kept on going, they would have went faster than he was working. That'll preach, won't it? But that's not why I'm wearing this robe. I'm wearing this robe. Because last weekend, we had fall festival. And in our fall festival, we had those little kiddies come, and and even some of the little kid adults were wearing costumes. Right? I I want you to know, the costume that I was wearing did not represent me. Okay? I, I have never been in jail. Well, wait a minute. I've been in jail once. It was a fundraiser and I had to sit there behind bars making phone calls trying to raise money for the police department. So the costume that I was wearing didn't represent me. The problem with it is is that the costume that we're wearing today we think it represents us. But it's a costume. Costume's not who you are. It's just simply something that you put on. Oh, wait a minute. I'm fixing to get into it. I'm fixing to get there. Matthew chapter 23, 1 through 12. Then Jesus said to the crowd and to his disciples. I'm going to stop there and I'm going to set this stage for you. He's going to talk to the crowd of people and to his disciples. Okay, Jesus is not talking to the Pharisees. He's not talking to the Sadducees. He's not talking to the scribes. He's talking about them and he is going to get well let's go ahead and go out into the middle of the pond and let's fish in the middle of the pond but to be able to do that she has to turn over the john boat that's right there next to the you know to the pond so that it doesn't get full of water it's over on its side and she says every single time that whenever she flips over that boat there is a creepy crawling creature or a slithering creature that comes out of you know from underneath that boat because underneath that boat didn't have to have a sign. Doesn't have to have a welcome center you know, sign or anything like that. But the dark, dampness of underneath that boat is just a welcoming for creepy, crawly creatures. Our life, if we do not keep it right, if we keep wandering around into the darkness, we are inviting the creepy, crawly things of this world into our lives. I can see some of y'all don't understand this So maybe I need to explain it a little bit different So that means That if you're a Christian And you believe in Jesus Christ That you shouldn't be in a bar drinking alcohol If you are, then you're out in the dark and you're allowing creepy, creepy, crawling things to enter into your life and to begin to influence what you do. Jesus says if you walk in the light, as the light is in you, then you will have life. If you don't walk in the light, you're walking in the darkness and there is no life in darkness. For us to have a righteous life and to live righteous, we have to be in the presence of God. If not, we're inviting the creepy crawly things into our lives. Can Satan get to you whenever you're in the light? I've gotten away from the costume thing a little bit, but I don't care. Can Satan get to you when you're in the light? Mm, Your heart has to be open for it. If Jesus Christ is in control and he is guarding and he is protecting your life, there's absolutely nothing Satan can do that he does not allow to happen to you. It's whenever we step outside of the light of God and get off into the shadows that Satan is allowed to come and get us and to attack us. Because we've stepped out. I'm going to stop meddling. I haven't even got to verse 2 yet. Let's look at verse 2. It says, The teachers of religious law and the pharisees are the officials or the official interpreters of the law of Moses so practice and obey whatever they tell you but do not follow their example for they do not practice what they teach they crush people with unbearable religious demands and never lift a finger to ease the burden But we have a problem here. Because in chapter 22, the chapter right before where we are, in verses 41 through 46, Jesus says that they're ignorant to the scripture. The people that he just said that we're supposed to listen to, he says they're ignorant to the scripture. Now, not only that, but further along in chapter 23, in verses 16 through 36, he pretty much says the same thing. Condoning the people, but he is condoning what they are teaching. What are they teaching? They're teaching the law. They're teaching the covenant of the law, or they're teaching what is in the Ark of the Covenant that just went before the people of Israel. But the only problem with it is, is that they have put their own things in there, That has made it unbearable for the people. So if you have someone that comes and they believe in the Mosaic law and they begin to worship God Almighty. Now we know that there are other people other than just the Israelites that do worship God. And they come into this, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes, and the religious leaders put such of a burden on them that there was absolutely no way that they were going to be able to make it into heaven because they couldn't fulfill the laws and the rules that they had put on them. So Jesus says obey the law, but don't do like they're doing. And then he tells us and he shows us what they're doing. So this is how not to live. This is what he doesn't want us to do. Everything they do, everything they do for show. On their arms, they wore extra wide prayer boxes with scripture verses inside And they wore robes with extra long tassels. And they loved to sit at the head of the table at banquets and in the seat of honor in the synagogues. They loved to receive respectful greetings as they walked in the marketplace. And they loved to be called rabbi. So do you see what he's saying here is that We're not supposed to live this way. So what way is that that they're living? In Deuteronomy, we find that there are specific passages of Scripture that tells them how wide their prayer boxes are supposed to be. This Scripture says that they made extra-wide prayer boxes. They made boxes wider than what they were supposed to be so that people would be able to see them. Their tassels were longer than what they were supposed to be because they wanted to show that they were holier than the other guy. See, look at the tassels on my robe. I don't have any tassels, but look at the tassels on my robes. They're longer than yours. Look at the prayer box that's on my wrist. It's it's wider than yours. Look at that. See, I'm better than you are. Look at this. See, don't, don't live as they live. Uh, you know, They were supposed to be God's leaders and they were supposed to be the righteous people of Israel. They were supposed to be His hands and His feet allowing and helping people to get into the kingdom of God. And they were making it harder and harder for people to get into the kingdom of God. He said, don't live the way that they live. Don't act, don't do the things that they do. The banquet table. See, whenever they had banquets in those days, there would be a table that would be up, possibly up on the platform, like up here. And the guest of honor and all the important people were supposed to be at that table. Because they would be seen by everybody. That's where they wanted to sit. Because they wanted everyone to see them and to see their righteousness. Because they had the extra wide prayer boxes and they had the extra long tassels on their robes. They wanted to be seen. They wanted to be at the table of honor. But then it goes in and it tells us here, it says... You know, that they want to sit at the seat of honor in the synagogue. Had to do some studying for this one. The seat of honor in the synagogue is the one that's in charge of how the service is supposed to be ran. And they're like, no, my box is wider than yours. I go before you do. Uh, No, my tassels are longer than yours. I guess I have the honor of being in the seat, right? They take honor. Not only do they go that far, it says that they enjoyed receiving polite greetings in the court place or in the marketplace. That would be a recognition of honor. Honor. That would be like this uh, principal that I had at the uh, school that I was a custodian at that demanded that everyone called him doctor. Demanded. Walking through the hallway. Hey, doctor so and so. Everybody had to know That he was a doctor. I'm not going to tell you what his doctorate was in. I I was really disappointed whenever I found out what his doctorate was in. But it's all about humility. It's all about acting and pretending to be something that they're not. See, they had these robes on, these fancy robes. And they had these prayer boxes. They had all the extra long castles. And they were beautiful robes. Beautiful robes. But whenever somebody saw that robe. They signified that robe. With righteousness. They saw that robe as someone. That was. Mightier than they were. Someone that was. Above them. After all, whenever you greeted them, you had to say rabbi. You had to say priest. You had to to give them their, their due. Jesus says, don't. Don't act like them. Take your robe off. Don't pretend to be something that you're not. Don't pretend to be righteous and then put such of a burden on people that there's no way that they can get to heaven. That's what he's telling us. Then in verse 8 he goes in and he begins to tell us how we are supposed to act. He says, "Don't let anyone call you rabbi, for you have only one teacher." And all you are equal as brothers and sisters. And do not address someone here on earth as father. For you only have, for for only God in heaven is your father. And don't let anyone call you teacher. For you have only one teacher, the Messiah. I want to stop there for a moment. It's not the fact that we can't call somebody rabbi. It's not the fact that we can't call somebody teacher, but it's the fact that we do this out of honor for what they have done and who they are. We should not be a teacher just simply so that someone would call us a teacher. You should not be a Sunday school teacher just so you would be recognized as someone that's a Sunday school teacher. You should not be an elder in the church just so someone would have to call you an elder. If you are a board member just simply so you could be in the roll book and it says the board members of the church for this physical year and your name's there, then you're a board member for the wrong reason. That's what it's talking about here. It's not saying that you shouldn't have any order or any law or rules within the church. He set it up and he sat up, he started the Acts, or He started this in Acts whenever he built the church. He says, you will have some that are teachers, you'll have some that are prophets, you'll have some that are this and some that are that. It's not that we're not supposed to be them. See, that's just our costume. A teacher, it's just the costume that we're wearing. It's not who we are. An elder of the church, that's just a costume. A preacher, that's just a costume. The uniform, just like a doctor's uniform. You're sitting there in the hospital or you're even outside and you see somebody come walking in in a long white robe. Oh, that's a doctor. You see a man, you see a lady come walking in in scrubs. I'm not going to try to describe them to you. You know what they look like? Oh, that's a nurse. You see a fireman come in in his uniform. Oh, that's a fireman. See a police officer? Oh, that's a police officer. That's their uniform. A uniform tells us who we are. A uniform should give us and tell us the character as far as who we are. Our costume, my costume would be a preacher. My uniform would be a Christian. Because if I'm not a Christian, then I cannot be a pastor. Pastor. The uniform is who you are. The costume is just simply what you do. See, Paul's talking about this, and he tells us, he says, don't don't live this way. But then he goes in in verse 11, and it says, The greatest among you must be a servant. Then 12... But those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. So what we're supposed to do is we're supposed to take off the costume. And truly be, a real, be revealed for our uniform as in who we are. I'm a child of God. The only way that I can be a child of God is not through anything that I can do, but through Jesus Christ, through His forgiveness of my sins, because He is the one that died on the cross and three days later rose again. The same way that Joshua was not a great leader because of anything that Joshua did, he was a great leader because of what God did. I can only wear the uniform of a Christian as long as I allow Jesus Christ to have full reign in my life. So I ask you here in closing, I'd ask for everyone to stand. I'd ask you to close your eyes. Everybody close your eyes. I want in a picture. Where's your life today? Where are you in your life today? Are you at your ends end, are you at the end of the rope? Are you halfway in between? Do you have just a couple more feet before you get to the end of your rope? See, the problem with it is, as long as we're still holding on to the rope, we still have control and we still have hope that we will be able to bring ourselves out of whatever we're in. It's whenever we get to the end of the rope. It's whenever we get to this understanding that there's absolutely nothing that I can do without Jesus Christ. Absolutely nothing that I can do. See, this is... This is service two or three that has brought us to this point of humility. Of humbling ourselves before God. Because as long as we're holding on to the rope, God can't work. Until we get to the point That there's no rope left. The only thing that's there is Jesus Christ. Until we get there, it's the only time that He's going to be able to work. Scripture tells us that pride goes before the fall. He tells us here in in verse 12 that if you exalt yourself, that you will be humbled. One day, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that He is Lord. Today is a good day to confess He is Lord. But then it goes on from there and it says, Those who humble themselves will be exalted. being exalted is not because of anything that we do but it's because of what God does last week Jesus Christ humbled himself died on the cross freely gave up his life his father his father sat him at the throne on his right side Jesus didn't do it we can't do it this morning again we come Where are you? Are you still hanging on to the rope? This morning, the altar is open. And until we turn loose of that rope and we humble ourselves, acknowledging that there's absolutely nothing that we can do, it's the only time that He's going to be able to work. God refuses to work and can't work in a prideful heart but the work that's done in our hearts not the work that we do but it's the work that God does the altar is open for you this morning are there any that needs to come might be that you need to humble yourself before God. It might need that you need to humble yourself before the people that's here in this congregation. Because you've been wearing a, a costume. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you so much, dear Lord, for today. God, I thank you for your word that was spoken. God, I pray, your Lord, that you would continue to guide and continue to direct us. God, I pray, your Lord, that the words that have been spoken today, God would stay on the hearts and the lives of the people that are here today. And God, that they would humble themselves before you. In Jesus' name, amen. So as we prepare ourselves for the benediction I mentioned that the missions fair is going to be this weekend Our missionary department is asking that if you could possibly help with this financially uh, They need to take up a love love offering Um, If you are able to do that um, If you have cash, you can bring that to me And I will get it to the people that it needs to be if you have a check and you would like to give it through a check, just simply make sure that you put Mission Fair on the, on the notes of that and be able to present that or give that, uh, you know, through that check. But they can be put into the boxes as well as your tithes and offerings in the boxes that's out in the foyer. All right. So I told you that. Now, we also know that we have women's meeting. Um, well, let's do this in order. We have a Bible study tonight. Uh, the unnamed that's here starts at five o'clock. So that's at five o'clock. so be here for that. Women's Ministry, the women of worth. y'all's meeting is at 6:30 and that is Monday. Tuesday morning, anybody can come if you're up at nine o'clock or free, you can come to Knowledge Perk and we have a Bible study there at Knowledge Perk at nine o'clock. At 7:14 we have prayer hour that is here in the sanctuary. Wednesday, we have Wednesday night service. Um, Thursday, we have a Thursday evening Bible study that starts at 6.30. And then um, for the board members, Friday, we have a board meeting at 6.30. And then Saturday, if you would like to come and see what the mission fair is all about, you are more than welcome. Ashley will have to give you the time on that. All right, let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank you, dear Lord, so much for today. Again, God, I thank you for each one that is here. God, I pray, dear Lord, that your face would shine upon each person. And God, that your blessings from heaven will be poured out upon them. In Jesus' name, amen.